We continue with Wildcat Insider Mitch Fortner and the voice of the Wildcats Hall of Famer. Wyatt Thompson, 537-1350 is our number. Put on a 785, give us a call. Ask us a question about the Cats or ask a question to Wyatt. Make a comment if you want to. The Cats are going to the Big 12 Championship, guys. Saturday, AT&T Stadium against what is right now fourth-ranked TCU. And imagine they're going to be third-ranked after uh, the loss for Ohio State at home to Michigan, which was a bit of a shocker. Um, And... um, 11 a.m. kickoff. Power K Gandy will start at 7 in the morning. So old D.Y. Cole and I are going to be getting up early for that broadcast, but uh, well worth it to see the Cats back in the Big 12 title game since 2003. Yeah, it's exciting. K-State did a lot in a 9-3 and and 7-2 and season to get there, um, including beating their state rival last Saturday night at home, 47-27 for the 14th straight time. Man, that feels good to say that, doesn't it? You know what? I think it just I, does. I think it's fair to say uh, K State is. Uh, I know. I know it's not this way anymore, but uh, the Cats are finally once again champions of the North. <laughs> they won the Big Twelve North. Yeah, I guess because so. they beat Missouri. Yep, beat Missouri. Beat Iowa State. Uh, let's see. Beat KU. That's basically everybody who's left in the North. But uh, <laughs> hey, beat them all, didn't they? Yeah, absolutely. And with a pretty solid performance for the most part. Uh, we were talking last hour about the fact that you get you know really good numbers from Malik Knowles and, and Deuce and, and Will Howard. And uh, the defense made some adjustments and gave up just 96 yards on 28 plays in the second half after KU scored, what, three touchdowns in their first four possessions. Mm-hmm. So there were a lot of good things that happened. And, and again, we'll say this uh, – uh, a big tip of the cap to the fans. Uh, the students and, and the fan base were amazing. Not only just Saturday night uh, setting through that, but but through the entirety of the year. To sell out the entire season like that um, and, and set through a couple of games like that with Mizzou and Kansas was was extraordinary. It was a great experience, I think, for for everybody that, that was there. It was, it, was a, it was a fun, fun night. Well, I was very pumped to see that the student section, when I got there after calling the Manhattan High State Championship win, I get to the stadium, I get to the booth, the 90-minute countdown had just started, and it's already dark, yeah. which is it's weird, right? But it's a 7 o'clock kickoff, and it hadn't started raining yet, Yeah, but uh, a lot of the student section was already filling up. Oh, yeah. I was like, all right, that that was that's a good sign. That's the sign I wanted to see, that this is going to be a great environment, uh, even though it rained pretty much the whole game. I think what it started around in pregame. Yeah, is that fair? I don't yeah. remember. Quite. I don't remember exactly w- when it started, but once it started, it was pretty steady for for quite some time, and I think that yep. was what they had forecasted. So, so I was telling the guys in the booth though, like when you look in the lights and you see the rain, like that's the way you tell, um, because being up in that booth and with the glass, sometimes it's hard to tell. Um, I think the lights can be a bit deceiving oh, with exactly sure. how heavy the rain is. Ty Zentner said after the game, I think it was him that said, you know, the rain wasn't really that bad uh-huh. during the game. There were a couple of moments where it was coming down pretty hard, but but I think generally speaking, it was just steady. Yeah, probably the Missouri game there was a little bit There wasn't a lot of wind with it necessarily, too, which well, that, was different than the Mizzou game. And that was a bit of a concern as well, because uh-huh. I remember in the forecast saying it could be 20 to 30 mile per hour wind gusts. I was like, oh, great. Yeah. Now, you know, Will, Will Howard, we saw him at the first TCU game throwing the wind, and that wasn't an issue. So <laughs> I wasn't quite concerned with the wind, but I didn't want that extra issue to deal with after the rain. I, I will say this too, uh, kind of just piling on what a fun night it was. Uh, we heard from Deuce last hour uh, talking a little bit about you know how much work these guys have put into this season, you know for the last eleven ish months, um, 
and I, I just would say this senior group has been, you know, really, really pretty darn good. Um, 28 seniors, 12 from the state of Kansas. I think you got, what, six super seniors in there? Um, I've lost uh, complete track of that, Wyatt. Uh, I, 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 I really have. I'll just – I'm just being honest about this. Where where would K State be right now without oh. say Eli Huggins, Daniel Green? Yes, you go. You know what I mean. I mean it's. I don't want to leave anybody out, and I hate to start. Well, those are two in, really but, big ones. Like, oh my gosh! Yeah. I think those yeah. would be the two at the top of your list that you're yeah. like. Those would be the ones. Fingers crossed that come back for that oh, yeah. for that for that COVID year of eligibility. Oh yeah, yeah. I <laughs> it was good. It was, I was thrilled for the seniors for sure. Well, Big 12 Championship wide, I suppose we can uh, mosey into that direction, look forward to what's to come in less than a week now. I know the student tickets have sold out, Yeah, I believe. And, and by the way, let me add to that, that also goes into congratulating the fans because yesterday I did a little, I'll describe it as a split shift at work where I came in early, worked a little while, went and had a little brunch with the family and came back. So I'm back the second time, and I kind of get wrapped up. I'm going to go home, and I'm going to watch the Chiefs, and I walk out onto the concourse, and there are students everywhere. And nice. it's nice. like It was like two hours, and I think they sold 1,700-ish tickets in like two hours. Sweet. So it was really, really well, the Big 12, outstanding. Well, the Big 12 had been advertising like a Cyber Monday ticket sale thing i don't know the details but hey if you don't have tickets and you want to go i I would suggest checking that out yeah it's a big place you can go a couple of more things uh because arlington has that texas live that's like connected to where the rangers play and uh they're gonna that's globe life right yeah globe life field or Uh you know whatever it's called now the the big barbecue grill you call it the barbecue grill have you seen an aerial shot of it it looks like a big propane grill Okay, I'll take your word for it. I don't know that I've had I've seen a drone shot of it. Or I will shot. show you a picture okay. during the break. It looks okay. like to me it does. It looks like a, a it looks like my grill, the grill I have, like the stainless steel look <laughs> to it. It really does. But uh, so fans, uh, Texas Live is going to be charging you ten bucks to get in on Saturday. And I know. You and know, what do you get for your ten and bucks? It, and it opens at nine. Uh, you get ten dollar beers. Okay. Some pretty good food. Like you got to order it and stuff. Like once you get in, yeah. the, the thing is, like it's a bunch of TVs. TVs <clears throat> galore. You couldn't find any game on there. It's like a Vegas sports book. Okay. In there without the without the betting. It, it, it's a it's a hell of a setup. You know it's 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 P and L in Kansas City. Okay. On steroids. There you go. I mean Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior jacked up steroids wow okay when they were legal okay um it's a cool it's cool and uh because we were there for stanford and it was it was pretty neat it was really cool college game day is going to be there oh yeah uh so i know that's gonna really big broadcast of the game too yeah Yeah. abc yeah Yeah. fowler and herb street and uh, holly Rowe will be on the sidelines yeah absolutely yeah cats finally get another game with college game day in attendance yeah but also, TCU is the opponent, undefeated. Yes. With everything to play for right now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you're going to get their best shot, and, and they have so, so, so much to play for. Um, you know, at 12-0, and and they finish the league undefeated, which is most difficult to do. But, but th- this is a team that I, I would say, I, I don't know how you feel about them, but, but I think they're a really well-rounded team. They run the ball pretty well 
They've run for 2,382 yards, and they've thrown for 3,298 yards. And they just they really compete. They've won blowout games. They've won tight games. You know, they're let's be honest, their non-conference schedule wasn't much, but they took on all comers in the league and won. Remember, they beat Oklahoma State in two overtimes. Mm-hmm. Um, K-State had them down 18 in the first half down there. Um, so they've won some. I mean, they won 17 to 10 at Texas. They've 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 earned their way there, and they're a good club. K State, I think K State has a shot, a shot. But I I think they'll have to play really well to win the game. Well, absolutely, and especially with what I mentioned, TCU is playing for a spot in the college football playoff. Yeah, and honestly, I I do not think they can actually can actually afford a loss because now with Ohio State losing, you have. You have an 11-1 Ohio State team. You have an 11-1 USC team who is going to play for a conference championship. Ohio State will not play for a conference championship. Yeah, when you have two name brands like that just kind of hanging out behind you, waiting for somebody to lose, um, you know, and especially like Paul Feinbaum talking about the way he did with the Big 12 championship, the way he did last week, talking about, well, like we're going to be paying attention to this. It's not no big deal or anything. It's just the Big 12 and – TCU, they're no name brand, and I mean, if K State were to pull off that big upset, you know, it's going to be about TCU losing the game, and how, and people are going to make arguments that TCU shouldn't get in. Then now the odds are, it doesn't feel like they'd be in their favor. Here, here's here's the thing that I would say to that, okay, and and I, I would profess my Big Twelve bias uh, before I say any more about what I'm I'm about to say. I don't understand the way this plays because Ohio State lost somewhat convincingly at home to a really good Michigan team, okay? So you're telling me that if they lose the Big 12 championship game, which would be their first loss after beating five ranked teams, that Ohio State deserves to go before they do? I'm telling you, I, I'm not saying that. I'm just telling you that I do not feel good. I don't care if it's a close loss or a blowout or whatever. If they were to lose to K-State, I don't feel great about TCU's chances. I know. That's my, that's my point, though. That That's exactly it. I don't understand yeah. why it is all so perceived that there's so much more strength in, in that league as opposed to this one. I, I just don't get that. It, it's really frustrating to the Big 12, I'm sure, and somehow you got to try to find a way to change it. Well, Reese Davis was awesome at coming to the side of the Big 12 in a tweet. He was bringing up strength of schedule and how TCU, their resume and their strength of schedule was more impressive than an Ohio State or a Michigan or uh, even – I don't know if he threw Georgia in there. but like, So he said that Saturday? Yeah, he, he went to bat. He I don't know if it was Saturday, but where he's Steve – Reese Davis was backing up TCU in the Big Twelve. Wow, he was backing them up. That was in counter. Color what, me shocked of what like you know like the fine bombs and other people yeah. were saying about you know. Well, or let like me respond to what fine bombs. Mitch, said. I'm just going to say this: quit paying so much attention to fine bomb. Fine bombs, well, an SEC guy. Everybody was getting ticked off about it, <laughs> and I, I, I I'm not going to lie, like I was a little triggered about it as well. But in the grand scheme, like Nate, I, I, to me, like I truly feel like. You know, and of course, Gene Taylor is on the committee, and I'm not, you know, attacking them in any way. But, you know, we all know who, what draws money, and it's those name brands of college football, those blue bloods we consider. And now USC is finally okay back in the picture. That's fine. That's fine. If you can prove to me somehow, some way, that Ohio State is indeed better than than TCU under those circumstances, I don't think they're proving it to us now. No, they're just taking them because they're the bigger brand name. Yeah. 
And honestly, and I, I would definitely. And they don't have the better resume. That's the problem. And K State could very well be top ten team with this next poll. Here's the truth: they got their butt kicked Saturday at home. They did. They did absolutely. Michigan shocked a lot of people. Shocked a lot of people. Yeah. No, I'm totally. And they're going to beat Purdue, and they're going to be in, and so will Georgia, I'm sure. And but also, I mean, LSU. Well, Georgia's a little different because they've kicked everybody. Yeah. I mean, there's there's been no. You know, that's that's a whole different animal there. But when you're getting down to the finest line of that last spot or two, there's – I mean, if Ohio – I'm not – hey, if, if Ohio State and TCU played head-to-head, Ohio State could win. But are you saying that TCU couldn't? See, I, I just think that's not right. I, I, I don't think it's right. No. And I – well, first, we'll move on here. But uh, I think they need to expand the playoffs. Yeah. And I think the way it is currently done is a, not really that much better than the, the things that we've done in the past, like the BCS. It, it's the same system with different letters. It'll never be perfect. No, I'm not asking for perfect. Yeah. There is, there's no such thing. But I think there's more. I'm, I'm asking for more fair than perfect. And I don't think the system as it is now with the TV influence is perfect. Or even in the vicinity of perfect. But anyway, circling back to the original thought there of TCU and what's on the line and getting TCU's best shot, yep. absolutely agree. Max Duggan is the Big 12. He's going to be the Big 12 quarterback of the year, maybe even player of the year. We'll see. Um, but I, mean, I don't think anybody expected over 3,000 yards, 29 touchdowns, and three interceptions from Max Duggan this year. He <laughs> threw for 280 against K-State in the first game with three touchdowns. He was great. Kendry Miller was tough to tackle. And but it also you know keep in mind Casey was dropping like flies with injuries yeah. in that game. I mean there are a lot of things that stacked up in that game that well now you got to consider Casey now missing two players in the secondary and you probably feel like you can't. I mean really across the board you feel like you can't really afford any injuries. Well and, you you probably can at that specific position. Um, and by the way we, I mean I don't, nobody's really even talked about this but. I think for the most part, V.J. Payne in his first start at strong safety was really pretty solid, uh, did a nice job. Um, and that, there had to be a lot of pressure with that. And I think that's the thing that I would say, too, that I think in visiting with Coach Kleiman after the game and you know, taping TV and all of that is I, I hope everybody understands that you know, there, was, there was some pressure on K-State in this. Texas had won, yeah. right? You're not going to back in. You got to beat Kansas to do it, albeit at home. And you know what? They're the better team. I think they knew they were the better team, but you still have to go out and do it. And they did. I guess sometimes it just depends on the team, but to me, it, you know, it's, sometimes it's hard to go out there when the pressure is on you to go play your best football. Sure. And it takes a little while to get going. Well, and, it, and, and again, I used an example a while ago. How much difference is there really between Ohio State and TCU? How much difference is there really between TCU and Kansas State? Probably not much. How much difference what's, what's is there the between what's K the line? State? Do you know what the line is in Alabama? Um, I don't. I don't pay a lot of attention to the line. I, I on purpose. Give me a sec. I honestly I haven't even thought about looking at that yet. Give me give yeah. me a couple seconds here. Yeah, I can, sure. I can find out real quick. But I don't think the spread would be very much. I I, I, I mean, it could be proven wrong here momentarily, but I, I think most people understand that these are two. Comparable football team. Do you have a guess? You want I'm going to say a couple of, couple of points. You're right. TCU yeah. two and a half. Really? Yep. Yeah. 
I mean, I'd be surprised if it were more than that, honestly. You know, I, I could probably under, understand maybe three-ish or such a matter, but... Of all the conference championship games, all the major ones, of course, uh-huh. um, that is the closest line, two and a half. Is it really? Yep. There's a couple of threes, but okay. two and a half, yeah. Wow. Meanwhile, Georgia so, is a so 17 who ended, and a half. Up, who ended up winning the mess that was the Big Ten West? Was that Purdue? Purdue. Purdue got it, yeah. Michigan favored by 16 and a half. You know, I've done this a long time. I don't know that I'd seen more and ors and if and all of that going into that last Saturday like there was in that in that with about, what, three or four different teams? Well, I think they have Nebraska to thank for that. Oh, Agreed. Yeah. I think it, yeah, it was Iowa, right? Yeah. Iowa lost to, uh, lost to Nebraska. And, yep. Yeah. I don't know one. I don't know who won the head to head between Iowa and Purdue. It was Iowa. That's uh-huh. so Nebraska's the reason Purdue got in. There you, there go. you go. I think that at least a huge part of it. All right, let's take a timeout. Why? When we come back, we'll take a look at a couple of Twitter questions, including the f- the future of uh, a playmaker for the K State football team. Next. Travion, what the hell is this? Low Uzi Vert. Man. I don't know about this one. You alright, Travion? Doing good? How was your Thanksgiving? It was good. It was good. What was the best part of it? The food. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> the food. Sleeping finally. How many how many uh Thanksgivings did you get? Just one? Just one. I had two, and they were both really good. Nice. My dad deep fat fried a turkey. It's the way to do it, folks. Is that right? That's the way to do it. It was juicy and it was good, man. Woo! Good stuff. All wanna, right. Anyway, want to take a guess at what I had for Thanksgiving? You had a hot pocket pizza. I wasn't far off, guys. I wasn't far off. And the truth is. With the delay out of the Cayman Islands and getting the pizza when we landed in Kansas City, we were thrilled beyond recognition to have that. Oh, was it the thing where— This was uh, Thanksgiving Day, dude. Yeah. There wasn't much open. Like there were pizzas waiting at the bus for you? Correct. I've, yeah. I've had that a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. It's not so, too bad. Yeah. And you got your own pizza? It, yeah. Karen and I shared—we shared, didn't eat all of it, of course, but um, shared shared the pizza there. But it— that was that was good of uh, Bailey to get that that done for uh, the team bus, and then you know all of the the staff and others like myself and Karen on the second bus. So it was all good, just different because it was Thanksgiving Day. Well, Wyatt, I just got some great news. I got this uh, email from AT and T Stadium. My credential has been approved. There you go. Pretty pumped. All right, let's go. Now they got they give you this three hour window to go pick up your credential on Friday. Probably not going to make that. Do a game day. All right. Before I go, say hi to Lee Corso. Okay. Before we get to back to men's hoops, do you want to mention K-State volleyball coach Susie Fritz and K-State have decided to part ways uh, after 22 seasons, the all-time uh, winningest coach in K-State volleyball history? I... I I've been I've been asked by multiple people. Am I surprised about the timing? 
Not exactly. Um, I think if there was any surprise, it would be because it's the year before the new Facility. volleyball arena opens up, and uh-huh. yeah, that I mean that would really stink. That 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 would honestly, um, especially you know Susie Fritz doing this for twenty two years, uh, but the administration felt like you know, or I I don't know how it all went down, but if it was a mutual thing, great. Um, but you know, somebody made the decision; it's time to part ways, and. Uh, 393 victories, a Big 12 championship, and went to 12, uh, was nationally ranked 12 times, multiple NCAA tournaments. Yeah. Yeah. Heck of a run. I, I will say this for, on a personal note. Um, Susie was really, really good to me, and uh, I, I'll, I'll miss her uh, just being around all the time. Uh, she's she's a uh, very nice person, and uh you know, we all strive for consistency, and I think she was pretty good at that. Uh, probably better than pretty good. <laughs> so uh, uh, we wish her the best. She's she's nice, nice, nice person. Well, it was. Uh, I, I I felt honored after hearing this news. Felt honored to be there for the, her last home match. Bramlage Coliseum had a pretty decent crowd for Senior Night. That's awesome. Uh, Elena Baca, who transferred here, it was her only season with the Cats. First ever player from Greece on the team, and she had a career high in kills and blocks. She had 23 kills in the match and went five sets against Texas Tech, and I got to do the TV call for that. Heck of a match. It was really a lot of fun. Um, but uh, wish her absolutely wish her the best. We're both from the same town. She's a Clay Center native. She went to, I think, uh, Florida Atlantic for college. She did. And then got hired here, uh, and she's been the only coach here for this millennium. Yeah, that says a lot, doesn't it? It really, truly does. And, and uh, again, she what she make? 13 NCAAs? Uh, let's see here. Uh, it's, I don't think it's listed here. Uh, I'm not exactly uh, 17. Made the NCAA tournament 17 times. Wow, that's that's pretty good. Never forget that uh, win in the round of 32 at Nebraska. Oh yeah, that Rob Velker was on the call on uh, my first ever ever TV broadcast was when K State hosted the first and second round of the NCAA tournament. In the first round, beat Lipscomb. Second round, went five sets. Um, against Ohio State. Wow. And I'm blanking on their names, but there were there were sisters playing against each other in that match. Is that right? In case they had the younger that. sister. I'm, I'm blanking on the names. I wish maybe somebody out there knows they can <laughs> give us a call, but I, I'm blanking <laughs> and I'm sorry about that. But um, that was an amazing match. Ohio State did win. It was the most emotional press conference I've ever been to, ever. Really? Uh, it was just very tearful. Very tearful press conference for that team that put their heart and soul into that season. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, best of luck to Coach Susie Fritz. To me, a legend. To me, a legend. Absolutely. You bet. Um, also, I want to give a shout out as well to K State women's basketball. I, we haven't had a chance to talk about them yet. Uh, but man, uh, what a hot start this team is off to. They're seven and one. They did lose their last match in St. Thomas at the Paradise Gym to uh, Arkansas. They actually ran into former. Uh, women's basketball player Chrissy Carr in that game, who scored 18 points, but uh, four from uh, 14 from Jalen Glenn, 13 from Serena Sundell, and and Briley uh, Briley Glenn with uh, 11. They held Gabby Gregory to five points, but before that, I got to say one of the best defensive halves I've, I think I've ever seen in women's basketball history, and I've seen many games. I've seen a lot. Uh, I follow this team very closely when Nicole Oldie and them were there. Um, the game against Clemson, K-State won 76-38, but here's how dominant they were defensively. Clemson had two field goals in the second half. Ooh. They were 2 of 18, and Clemson had nine points 
in the second half. Nine points. And K-State at the break, as I do some quick math here, was up like three points Gracious. at the break. And they completely flipped a switch in that second half and absolutely dominated. I watched a big chunk of that game. It was awesome. Wow. This team is very talented. Yeah, they they're fun to watch. Uh, they've they've got some new pieces. They've got some pieces that were, you know, somewhat young a year ago, and, and clearly they're better now. Uh, I think they they probably have as much depth as they've had in a while. Um, and and I probably shouldn't even go here, but uh, it makes you wish that Yoki were available, right? Uh, but but I think they're going to have a fine season regardless. Well, as I mentioned last week, it, this is setting the table for next year. Sure. Like, of course, this could still be a very special year. Absolutely. It's just getting started. Yeah. Uh, the absence of Aoka Lee has, has you know, shushed the buzz. But them starting 7-1 and one without her and them scoring 70 points in each game other than this last one in the first seven to start the year, and I think that's the first time that's ever happened or some statistic like that, first time it's ever happened in K-State women's basketball history. And they're hitting threes, and it's all these guards knocking down these long-distance shots. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, they're fun to watch, like I said. And, they, you know, again, I do think they have more depth. And um, Gabby's really been a nice addition, uh, along with a couple of others. She Didn't she have a 33-point game in the tournament? Yeah, she uh, – yeah. Yeah. A career high, as a matter of fact. Uh, let me let me double-check here. Uh, it wasn't against Clemson. It was the one against – I believe it was against Northern Arizona where yeah, K-State won right. 93-80. Gabby Gregory with 35 points. 35, career high, okay. 35 points, um, where she was 13 of 16 from the free throw line. 10 rebounds, so it was a double-double. And K-State was 9 of 23 in that game from three-point range. They're going to shoot a lot of threes this year. Yeah, they will. And uh, from what we've seen, early signings are going to hit a pretty decent amount of them this year. So <laughs> that's uh, that's really good news. I love to see this team improved, even though Aoka Lee is not on the floor. All right, Wyatt, how pumped are you to be going to Hinkle Fieldhouse to call a game on Wednesday? Very. You know, a couple of years ago we were supposed to go and didn't because of COVID. Um, it, it is one of the really unique arenas in, in all of college basketball. I'm really excited about it. Uh, we're we're going to fly tomorrow afternoon and 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 go and uh, to the arena and, and have a little practice tomorrow night. So I'm going to go and get you know a first look at it tomorrow and then the game on Wednesday night. Very excited about it because it's uh, just one of those old historic standout arenas. And K State getting a vote. They got they got a vote. Yeah. They are receiving a vote. I won't say votes, but they they got a vote. There you go in the AP Top Twenty Five. So already getting that kind of attention after winning the uh, Cayman Islands Classic. The Cats are six and zero. So, how much do you know about Butler so far? I know they're four and three. Yeah, to start the year, really interesting team because all four of their starters average in double figures. Did they just play in uh, the Battle for Atlantis? Is they that did. where they were? Okay. They did, and and finished the, the tournament with a loss in the fifth-place game to North Carolina State. Did not play very well in the last seven or eight minutes of the first half. Game got away from them. I think uh, NC State had a 15-2 run, I think it was, to close the half, and they lost that game 76-61. But they've got an NC State transfer in Manny Bates, who's their five-man. Um, they have a young man from Lithuania uh, and, and three pretty good shooting guards. And all of those guys are, you know, 11 points a game up to 16-4 for Jaden Taylor, a wing. Their bench is not 
near I mean as you might surmise with five double digit scores uh, from the from the uh, starters you you don't have a lot of production from the bench but they've they've got a couple of pieces there Miles Tate seems to be pretty good uh, and and I think DJ Hughes who was not available for the NC State game uh they'll they'll be a representative team the interesting part for me is is that they you know, are coached by Thad Mata, and he's been around the game a long time. So they'll they'll do things right. They're they're still kind of, you know, they've they've played a pretty good schedule so far. So uh, is it a winnable game? Absolutely, but you got to go do it in a very difficult place. Yeah, you mentioned Manny Bates. He was the first one that jumped out to me because uh, he's swatting those basketballs. He is. You know, it's interesting. Twenty blocks a in year ago. Games. I mean, he he was at NC State as I mentioned mm-hmm. last year. He got injured in the first game in the first minute and missed the rest of the season. Oh, shoulder problem. Wouldn't that be awful? That's rough. That's really tough. And I know Butler, they're not shooting the three that great so far. I'd love to. They seem pretty decent on defense, but their assist to turnover ratio is even, so that's not too great either. Yeah, they, they turned over the ball about 14, 15 times a game, and their yeah. opponents about 15 and a half. It, it, it is a. It's a good team, uh, you know. I don't know that they're going to be, you know, towards the top of the Big East this year, but we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, they're not challenge uh, on the road for sure. They're not twelve years ago, right? Bummer, oh no, but man, it would be sweet to get one back. Well, it'll be hard to play them anywhere at any time and not think of two thousand ten because yeah. that game in Salt Lake was. I mean, it was such a high level game. That was Jake and Denny and Gordon Hayward, and you know that that was a really high level game following the. The Xavier game um, with the right to the to go to the Final Four on the line, and boy, if with I think four minutes to go, K State had the lead, but Butler won the game sixty three fifty six. And I will always believe that had K State beaten Xavier in regulation, they'd have, they'd have beaten Butler too. I'll always believe that, right or wrong, I'll believe that. So this is a uh, part of the Big East Big Twelve battle, correct? Uh, tomorrow will actually be the first game of that battle. Baylor will visit Marquette. Which is a seven thirty tip off on FS one, and then and then Wednesday is when K State plays at Butler. Interesting start time five thirty is that tip off. We'll have a pregame coverage at four thirty with, of course, Wyden Stan on the call. And um, so what that means is since four thirty is going to be the the uh, pregame, we will not have a show on uh, on Wednesday. But also, let's see who else also plays on Wednesday. You got Texas Tech hosting Georgetown at seven, TCU hosting Providence at seven as well. Both of those games, Big 12 now on ESPN+. Plus. There you go. You can see a lot of Big 12 basketball here over the next week uh, with the uh, with the battle there. It's uh, Again, I'm excited uh, for the team. It's, it's you know, you, you go and you win the Cayman Islands event, you come home for a little bit, go to that one, and then have Wichita State at home this weekend. So another big week for the Cats. By the way, I want to mention as well, the K-State women's basketball team, uh, they, they get a nice break. Now, it's over a week. They don't play again until Sunday against, against Houston. Houston. Yeah, uh, K-State played six games in nine days. That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> It seems like they, that kind of actually, the way things just get scheduled sometimes, it seems like they always have a run of like, Six and nine, or whatever, like six games in ten days, or something yeah. like that. But they, but after starting seven and one, they absolutely deserve that break before a good Houston team comes in this Sunday for a, uh, a one o'clock tip off at Bramlage Coliseum. All right, when we come back, I promise the folks out there some Twitter questions. We'll get to those when we come back on Wildcat Insider.
Our number is 537-1350. If we want to squeeze in a question to Wyatt. Going to finish up Wildcat Insider with a couple of Twitter questions directed towards Wyatt via at Mitch the Fort. Still trying to get at Mitch Fortner or some jabroni that likes Texas A&M. Uh, still hogging it. He tweets three times every 17 months. So uh, anyway, uh, Wyatt, first question here is from Ken. Okay. And he brings up the question, does Wyatt have any memories from the previously nationally televised night game Sunflower Showdown? And he shared an article here that was written by, uh, looks like, by Stan Weber, as told by D. Scott Fritch, and that was released six days ago. Okay. But it's in reference to the 1982 game, which I believe was the first night game at the Bill where they brought in temporary lights. It was on TBS. Uh Uh-huh. You recall anything? Uh, I wasn't alive yet. Yeah, I had forgotten the TBS part, but I know it was you know nationally televised. Um, I remember they had a, a, a really good crowd, and th- that team was was one that you remember a little bit because that was a bowl team, and it was I think the first winning season at K State since 1970, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. I think they were what six five and one, if memory serves. That's and, correct. Yeah. Um, I think Coach Dickey, uh, I, I, I don't know a lot about you know that particular team, but I think they had a, a, a pretty solid season, and Coach Dickey was a, uh, you know, the year before he, I, this is what I remember, if you really want to know the truth, he, he redshirted all those seniors in 81 to have them available for 82, and that's that helped a lot in getting them to, to the bowl, and of course they, they played in the Independence Bowl and lost to Wisconsin, so I do remember that. All right, the other question I do have here, Wyatt. Uh, I lost my uh, – clicked on too many things. All right, here we go. Um, this is from Derek. Derek asked the question, likelihood we see 22 in the backfield next season. And of course, he's talking about Deuce Vaughn. Yeah. Well, there there is a chance that he could go out. He would be eligible to do that. Um, and I, I think there are now you know a few more people that believe he belongs. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yeah. I again, I'm I'm no uh, draft expert, but I, I do think that uh, you know there's some potential there. I don't know honestly what Deuce's um, thought process process is at this point. He I don't know that he's been asked. I know I haven't asked him about it, but I think these questions are going to to prevail here over the next you know week for sure, and probably over the next month or so. Uh, uh, through K State's bowl game this year, uh, I think that's just going to be part of it. He, I think he's proven that he's he's durable at his size. He's proven that he's a. I'm, I'm being repetitive of the kind of player he is here, but you know he can do a lot of things on the football field, and I do think he'll get an opportunity. The question is 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 he ready to go now and want to take that that shot, or will he want to play it out and then go? I I don't have a real good feel for that. I was actually looking up before the show Deuce Vaughn's like kind of like his draft status right uh-huh. now. There's a couple of websites you can go out and look at that kind of stuff. And right now he's not uh, projected to be a draft pick. He'd be undrafted free agent. I, and I think his size would have a big uh, would be a big issue with that. Sure. Um, and I, it doesn't take away his his talent. I mean, he's got amazing talent. Just you know, and it also plays into just the the shelf life of running backs in the NFL. Yeah. It's just not very long. I, I will add this, and I don't know. I guess I'll just say this: the uh, 
his dad, as you know, is a scout. So he's probably going to have a, for the boys. a much better feel, right, uh, for for what everybody's thinking about yeah. Deuce than, than, say, player 17 or 117 or whatever it might be. I, I think that's an advantage for Deuce. Whether he comes out early or whether he comes back next year, I, I don't know how that'll play, but that'll be an interesting nugget, if you will, uh, if, if indeed he wants to have interest this time. And I mean, from a personal, for me, I mean, and I'm going to try to say all this without, uh, you know, bawling my brains out, but yep. um, uh, he's hashtag my boy, and it would be really tough to see him go. I remember um, the Iowa State game in 2004 when Darren Sproles was, uh, it was his senior day, and he's still my favorite cat of all time. That was a tough day for me. I'm starting to tear up just thinking about it. Uh, Deuce would be tough as well. Now, <laughs> we also had the thought on Power Kid game day, you know, if they were to go, like if Deuce knew he was going to go and, um, you know, and also Felix Andy DK Uzama is also in that same camp where he could leave early. I think he would definitely be the most likely out of anybody. Sure. Uh, because he is projected to be a draft pick and a pretty <coughs> high draft pick. I mean, we're talking potentially first round, sure. if not second round. Um, I don't know where opportun- that's at. He'll have every, every opportunity because of his explosive talent and that, that body. And he's only going to get stronger and what have you. He'll, he'll have a shot. I, I think it would be even – I don't know this. I could be proven wrong, but I think it'd be likely that he would go. Honestly, and wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't blame him at all. It wouldn't yeah. surprise me if he decided to say, "Hey, uh, after the Big Twelve Championship game." Again, let me stress that that is with zero inside information. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I I'm mean, just saying. Like, I, I'm just saying from my, you know, from my opinion and the way I just feel about the situation. You know, if he were to either one of them be like, "Hey, we got this great opportunity. We're going to opt out of the bowl game." I would completely understand, honestly. I, yeah. yeah. I, even though it would be a pretty big bowl game, especially in K-State's history, and sure. it, especially who the opponent could be, the Alabama Crimson Tide or the projected opponent yeah. for the Sugar Bowl, which K-State is going, by the way. It's pretty much locked in. I don't see the way K-State wouldn't be going at this point. Yeah, it'd be a real upset if it didn't work now just because of the way the thing is laid out. Yeah. Um, so it's – Again, it's to be determined whether it's going to be Alabama or LSU, but it, it certainly looks like it's going to be K-State against one of those teams. So. I don't want it to be LSU. Get out of here. <laughs> Do we want Bama? I think yes, because will there be an opportunity to get them again down the road? I'd pro- Who knows? Be, oh, yeah. It's very tough. All right, Wyatt, we got to bounce. Thanks again for coming in. My pleasure, buddy. Good being here. For Travion, Wyatt, I'm Mitch. Thanks for listening. Go Cats. Getting you closer to the locker room than anyone else. This is Wildcat Insider. Wildcat Insider, an exclusive presentation of the flagship station of the K-State Sports Network. News Radio 1350, KMAN.